Father, we uh, were aware of uh, you and, uh, and even in the midst of death, causing these trees to die and die off their leaves, you caused beauty. Um, in you is uh, joy and the fullness of our joy. And uh, we pray that as, even as we drive around and live, we would begin seeing those things and encouraging each other with those and that they would point us uh, to the bigger things behind all of it, O oh God, you yourself. Thank you for this time together. May we encourage each other uh, with your word and speaking of it and the way it works in our lives. And we thank you for this privilege of being your children because of and through Jesus Christ. Amen. I want you to turn to Colossians chapter 1 and verse 23. I've been trying to memorize um, portions of scripture and this is one of them. Um, Not even the whole verse. I'm so bad. Um... Uh, with my memory these days, but I'm uh, getting these ones and uh, getting this one, Colossians 1.23 and uh, um, actually only a part of it Um, continue in the faith um, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel and as we're here to talk about the gospel and the gospel living um, that's one of the verses that I am attempting to memorize. Um, Let's just look at it, though, um, in context and start from verse 21. Speaking of uh, how we were before the gospel, before Christ, Colossians 1.21. And you, who were once alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he... um, that's the Lord Jesus Christ, has now reconciled in his body of flesh by his death in order to present you blameless and above reproach before him. If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you heard which has been proclaimed in all creation under heaven of which I, Paul, became a minister. And so, um, um, according to this portion of the Word of God, what do we have to do uh, to be saved? Continuing in the faith, and how is the faith described? Continuing stable and steadfast in the faith, then it says, the hope of the gospel. So the faith, that, as it's described here, is the hope of the gospel, right? What is our gospel hope? Okay, that was a good Sunday school answer, right? Every, every student can, you can point to heaven and say Jesus, right? So you did a good job. Yeah, that's part of it. Okay, what is, what is the hope that we have of Christians? What is our hope? What are you hoping in? Are you hoping in things now or in the future? If it's future, what is it? What, do you, what, what is the hope of the gospel? Let's, let's figure out all those different things it includes. Okay. 
so okay so one thing that one of the portions that's the hope of the gospel is what Mark said you will be what okay holy and blameless right with God that's one of the things that the hope of the gospel gives us right because we were alienated we were sinful right God could not uh, be with us his wrath was upon us right and so for holy and blameless not alienated his wrath is no longer on us right what else is the hope of the gospel that's how we're supposed to live in this hope right this is what's supposed to drive us every single day our, our, our faith and hope in the gospel right and we're going uh, what's the hope of the gospel duh <laughs> Mike okay eternal life versus what right before we were under God's judgment for eternity right and the hope of the gospel is the judgment is no longer there and our, our, etern- our the eternity of our souls and our, and our bodies when they're restored will, will be eternal life right okay eternal life is one of the things we're looking for isn't it okay what else is the hope of the gospel okay reconciliation with God and that's part of what we said with the whole being holy and blameless and the wrath that we were once at enmity enemies with God okay now we're friends what else is the hope of the gospel because this is what's to drive us every day we get driven by a lot of things but we really need to know to know what this is if it's going to to drive us alright what is it How many of you struggle day by day with sin? Okay. <laughs> yeah, everybody didn't raise their hand as lying, but they're just bashful. <laughs> Isn't, you say glorification, one of the hope of the gospel, of what we will have, there will be a day when you will not struggle with your sin anymore. And probably in the last two years, I've been thinking of that more than ever, of that, of that day and that time. We won't have to fight that battle. You know, everything you do will be naturally because we've been glorified, been made actually like the Lord Jesus Christ in our hearts and minds and souls. That battle will be gone every day. Glorification is one of the hopes of the gospel, right? That there'll be a day we don't sin. All right. What else drives us in the hope of the gospel? Okay. 
Of what? Oh, okay. Absolutely, that you have. That you cannot just wait until heaven. That the hope of the gospel is that God is working this very day in you and helping in that battle. Right? You're not battling alone. Okay? Okay? Sanctification is part of that hope of the gospel. What else is the hope of the gospel? Bill? That we can enter the kingdom of God. Yeah, part of the hope of the gospel is is part of what we understand with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is here now, but not completely. Right? Absolutely. We have part of it now, and our struggle with sanctification or glorification is we don't have it all now. We will, it will finally be with us, but that's part of what we have now, part of our hope day by day. What else is the hope of the gospel? Kathy? Absolutely. And there are many other fruits, you know, portions of, portion of, of that, but that's certainly one of them. But you could have a person who is on a Caribbean island. In fact, we have people that own islands. You know, they've got a nice house there or some of these jobs you've seen recently. Come and take care of this island for a year. Have you ever seen those on television? You know, people bid for that. You know, you get to be the caretaker of some guy's Caribbean island, you know, and, uh, and get $40,000 and live on the Caribbean island, and they got all the people quitting their jobs. I'd like a year like that, you know, because, you know, hey, no worries, man, you know, he's just taking care of the island and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, and, and, and they think, and I've got peace. And yet they're at enmity with God and, and really don't have peace, you know, or peace of his working in the world. Yeah. What else is the hope of the gospel? Bill? Yeah, what in, what in Revelation, the book of Revelation, do we have that's the promise with suffering? Do you remember in particular what that promise is? There'll be no more... No more tears! No more... 
and we're sorrow. See, all of our tears and sorrow and sickness and all the rest come as a result of what? They weren't here in the garden, right? And so when Eden is recreated and we have a new heavens and a new earth, that's one of the things that God has promised. There won't be any more of that. That's something to hope in, isn't it? Right? And as your bodies age or in your sickness, you will have a new body. One that works all the time. I just I wake up in the morning and I'm not that old yet, but I'm finding new things that don't work. I'm not sure what it was. I, I worked a lot on my driveway this summer and I had to tamp down a lot of uh, driveway material to get it packed in there and stuff. And afterwards, you know, my fing- my one little finger hurt, but now it just sometimes it doesn't work. It just goes, boom, 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 you know, I gotta, I got to pull it out of joint and it never did that before. Alright, I got to pull on it and get it like that and that, then it works for a while, then it sits there by itself and I go to move and it goes, boring, it just it doesn't work. You know, and that's, that's small, right? But in heaven, it's going to work again. You know, and uh, we think of uh, much worse things to our bodies. And the pain and suffering that spiritually and physically, and that's part of the hope of heaven. You know, and it helps people endure the pain and suffering now. Because what if God has promised later? It is a result of sin in the world, affecting the world, the creation, the sin, effect, sin affecting us, and sin as we sin. So that'll be, that's part of the hope of heaven. You know, and that's why we can say goodbye to this earth. That's why God can pull our fingers off of the earth now because we realize that as nice as it is and many blessings as we have, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sin-cursed world. And yet we, you know, we want to hold on to these things now. What part of what God does in aging and sickness and troubles and all the rest is he's, he's taking our fingers off of the world here and he's prying them off. And he's saying, this really isn't what it's all about. Okay? Continue steadfast and stable in the face, in the face, um, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. What else is the hope of the gospel? Uh, you? Isaiah 40. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things that uh, Johnny Erickson looks forward to. Yeah, she says he's going to kick her wheelchair into hell when she gets to heaven. She knows that God has heard it now, but, uh, uh, and she's satisfied with that, that it's going gonna, it's gonna to be God. All right. What else is the hope of heaven? This, this is what's supposed to drive us every day. I mean, yeah, you have plans, right? And you've got to make the dinner and you've got to feed the cat, you know, and you got to go to work. You know, those things are driving us. But to get us by those things, it, it has to be the hope of heaven. Trish? Okay. Faith is anchored in hope. Right. And what is that anchored in? Christ. Yeah. 
And we'll get to that because that's the ultimate place we're going. But, but, but Jesus, but the scriptures also list a whole lot of other things. Mark? Actually, we have been there. Okay. Well, yeah, but I want to. I, I have stopped people from going there because of my own purpose. That's come to the same end. <laughs> no, you did fine. It's good now. We're, we're part way through now. It's okay. But we should, and we may, and I believe we're commanded to look to all the things. No more tears. No more sorrow. That should give us great hope. Right. Um, no longer struggling with sin. That should be, that is part of the gift of the hope of the gospel, right? And we haven't even begun, although we've spent a few minutes and I wrote down some things, I stopped writing them down. There are all kinds of blessings that come with the gospel, right? We, we, are, we are called to look to those. They should give us grand encouragement. Okay? I am not saying don't look to those and don't be encouraged. I'm saying look at those a whole lot more. But don't fall short. And only like we do on earth, look at God's gifts, but not pay attention to the giver. Right? Look at God's creation and not pay attention to the Creator. To look at God's blessings and miss the blesser. Right? As we do that on earth, we can do that as we look to heaven. We look to all the, how heaven will be, all the places of heaven, all the cool things. And this began to terrify me. And actually, I talked to a pastor this week who confessed to me as he was getting older he's not sure he wants to go to heaven and just be with Jesus right because he loves his wife and he loves his children and he loves them and I said I'm there sometimes uh oh what did the pastor say that yeah as I don't know what it's like and, 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 and I sometimes live for the minor things in the Christian life and not my relationship with Christ Right? I'm living the Christian life because God's going to bless me, or you know, or I get out of my problems, you know, or I got to get out of jail free in hell, and I miss God. 
Right? And so there's been times when I think of being in heaven and praising God forever and ever. I go, my favorite television show isn't there. And, and maybe they won't have cheesecake in heaven. I mean, maybe you all do it all the time and have your hope on heaven and the one who is the hope of heaven. But sometimes I thought of, we're going to be praising God for eternity. I'm saying, well, what else are we going to do? Yeah. You see, because I really don't continue having my hope in the one the gospel. You see, what happened in... Kathy started out perfectly right. And Kathy, I, you did give the Sunday school answer, but it was right. And it's Jesus going to the Father. But that's, that is... You see, what happened in Eden? You know, what happened in heaven in Eden is going to be restored. Right? And so we think, oh boy, the garden! Yeah, the garden was a great gift. But that wasn't the good thing about Eden. The good thing about Eden is Adam and Eve walked and had fellowship with the living God. And He gave them all that they needed. But the thing that Eden was, was God. And they had Him and knew Him and walked with Him. And they were sinless. And it was a grand thing. And what happened is they were kicked out of Eden. But it wasn't just that they lost the garden. What happened is the relationship with Almighty God was gone. Alright? And so when Eden is restored in the new heavens and earth, in heaven, it's that our relationship with God the Father is restored. And we have to be careful... We don't settle, even as we look to the hope of heaven, for God's gifts there and miss Him who is the giver. That, that's what's to drive us. It is all these other things. But I, beloved, it's going to be that we're going to be with God forever. And He will be and is the sustainer and the pleasure of our lives. That's what's to drive us. Continue in the hope of the gospel and the hope of the gospel is the broken relationship with God is restored and He is your Father and does care for you and you can know Him. Yeah. I think you're with. He is the Father. We're going to be sons and heirs of God and co-heirs of Christ. All kinds of... We're in His family. Right. We stopped the list, but part of it was our inheritance. Part of it was our sonship, our being sons and daughters of a living God. A relationship is now restored with Him. And And I'm just telling you, my own journey is to start to have that hope and look forward to the hope of that relationship with my Heavenly Father. You know, and see it for the wonder that it is and not just boring. I mean, how could I say that in one sense, right? But I am earthbound, right? I don't understand heaven. And my relationship with God the Father isn't always very good now because of my sin and my untrust and all the rest, right? But that is the hope of heaven. Kathy, you have
Yeah, and the elder brother. Right, absolutely. Yeah, and one of the things it says is Hebrews. And, I, and I, it's around Hebrews 10. Some of you are Bible searchers, you'll get it, you know. But one of the portions in Hebrew, it says, Our elder brother, Jesus, takes us before the Father. You know, I had an elder brother. I fought like cats and dogs till my older brother's death. You know, we... You know, we'd play Monopoly and end up in a fist fight. I mean, literally, and we're married, right? I mean, it's not good. Mark can tell you, she's got the stories, right? And and so, you know, my elder brother, we wouldn't, you know, we we wouldn't, uh, you know, he introduced me anywhere. There's my brother, <laughs> you know. But my elder brother, the Lord Jesus, knows me intimately, and he doesn't discard me. He doesn't discard you. He takes us to the Father. And he says, he's clean. Receive him because of what I've done. I've brought him home. You know? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what it cost the Father to send the Son. You know? But in the parable, the, the parable, you know, the the... The younger son wants his inheritance, doesn't want the father, he goes off and spends it, and the older son stays there because he wants the inheritance. But he doesn't he had the father there all the time, but said, I gotta go work somewhere, I want the inheritance. Right? And so we can be like that now in the hope of the gospel. Yes. No tears, no cry yes. Eternal life, yes. No hell, yes. Great, 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 great. But that's, that's the blessings of the hope of the gospel. But the hope of the gospel is that our relationship with God the Father is restored. And we have Him for eternity. You know? I think it's a people who write books in heaven and they take a part here and a part here and a part here but we can't even you know begin to comprehend I don't think um, it's other than it's going to be wondrous and good and right Eden will be restored it'll be the way it should be um, Doug So we tend to look at heaven and do 
are fallen and broken bodies and eyes. But in heaven, we can't be boring and praise God all day. We will know nothing else. Because there won't be a reference to boredom. Because boredom is dissatisfaction with that. And if heaven is what God says it will be, then the word boredom won't exist and nor will boredom. So we just we can't we can't reference it. All we can do is be very, very glad that it will be there for us, in whatever form that it takes. Because once you're there, you won't be dissatisfied. I, I would just say this a little differently. We we are called to reference it with what we have, but we don't have we have like um, I don't have a very good analogy. We have points in the dictionary, but we don't have the whole dictionary to even, or necessarily in the right words to get it all, but yeah. It's okay for us to derive comfort in certain ways from imagining, oh, it would be wonderful to sit and talk to the Apostle Peter. It would be nice to see my mother again, and I have to have a deep chat with Jesus. I don't know, I'd to have my own Emmaus Road experience. But when I get to heaven, I might not even know that my mother is Mm-hmm. I, I don't know that we'll have time eternity to sit down, get in line, take a number of the deli, and talk to Jesus. <laughs> but those things just even just give us comfort now, because that's what we imagine and we would like. Again, the turn comes back to what we want more in heaven. You know what? It's not about what we want. Um, one of the things I remember R.C. Sproul said is he talked about people who, in thinking about heaven, um, can't wait there to ask God some questions. You know? What was going on? And it, and it usually was something that really hurt them. Right? And we know we're frail. Right? And we know we struggle with that. And, and, but he said, you know, I think when I'm going to get to heaven, R.C. Sproul said, I'm going to spend the first 10,000 years of my face worshiping him. And then maybe I'll look up and ask something. <laughs> You know, we just put it the opposite way. You know, we're going to be so uh, understanding the hope of the gospel of God himself and our relationship with him through Christ that those things are going to, you know, uh, we're not going to have to worry about them. They're going to be taken care of. Mark? and heavyweights in the evangelical church you know they like to drop names and like I just dropped R.C. Sproul you know Uh, one of the writers I haven't gotten until recently and I still don't get them a lot 
Um, lots of people get them, but I don't get them. It's John Piper, you know. Because he talked about Christian hedonism, right? And a hedonist, hedonist is one who lives for pleasure, right? I'm thinking, no, no, I can't live for pleasure. <laughs> but his thing is, is that we need to take these promises that God gives us about heaven being joyful and, and not run away from them, but run towards the thing that really will give us pleasure is God himself and our relationship with him. Um, he says it this way, God is most glorified in us when we are most satisfied in him. And, you know, any phrase that we have, God is most glorified when we are most satisfied in him. And I think that's part, you know, that we have to watch any man's phrase that's not the Bible and just say that's exactly what it is. But that's part of what all this hope of uh, the gospel is. The gospel is more than not going to hell. The gospel is more than eternal life. Right? We tend to think that's what it is. Uh, and that's part of it. And it's all the things we listed. But what happens in the gospel is our relationship, broken relationship, with God Almighty is restored through the giving of His Son, Jesus Christ. And that is what we need to seek. That is what needs to drive us in our faith and in our life with Christ. In the Old Testament, turn to Psalm 73. Psalm 73, starting in verse 25, and this is um, Psalmist speaks, and I think he begins to understand here. And, and if you remember, what's happening in Psalm 73, and as well as Psalm 37, I know I've told you this before, the, remember, the way I remember them is you become dyslexic, you know, you go 73, but 70. But, but the Christian is struggling, the believer is struggling. The Old Testament church member is struggling because the wicked are getting ahead in this world, living a wicked life. It seems like if you're wicked, you get what you want, you build up your bank account, and they don't have as many problems, but the people of God struggle. And so, as, as the godly person in Psalm 73 looks at life, he's struggling and saying, Why is this, God? I've given my life to follow you, and it's not all going well now. Why is it that the wicked guy gets ahead? Why does he get the promotion? Why don't his sheep get sick? You know? Right? Do you ever struggle with that? Right? And, and, he, and, he, and he, he struggled with this. He, he, he fought it. He, he, he says, I almost lost my faith because of it. Until, oh God, you straightened me out. And he had the straightening and he came back to Christ. But he says this. This is where I need to put my heart and my mind. Psalm 73, verses 25 and 26. Whom have I in heaven but you? And there's nothing on earth that I desire besides you. 
My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. You know, the psalmist began to get it. No. Am I saying don't enjoy driving home today in your car with your family looking at the beautiful leaves because you just have to have your hope on heaven and God? No. I'm not saying that. But, uh, but I'm saying I know and I believe that you're like me and that you could have your hope and enjoy these things and miss the one who has them there and sustains them and not look to him in all of life because we're made of this stuff we touch things we smell things we you know and, 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 and much of this is hard for us to know but the psalmist after struggling through all these things in life he came back to where he needed to let's turn to the New Testament Philippians the book of Philippians Uh, before we look at this I'm just going to read um, a little bit more of what uh, John Piper says about Christian hedonism as he started with that phrase that God is most glorified uh, in us when we're most satisfied with him he says this we all make a God out of what we take the most pleasure in Christian hedonists want to make God their God by seeking the greatest pleasure pleasure in him By Christian hedonism, we do not mean that our happiness is the highest good. We mean that pursuing the highest good will always result in our greatest happiness in the end. We should pursue this happiness and pursue it with all our might. The desire to be happy is a proper motive for every good deed, and if you abandon the pursuit of your own joy, you cannot love man or... And if you abandon the pursuit of your own joy, you cannot love man or please God. The difference between worldly and Christian hedonism. Some people are inclined to believe that Christians are supposed to seek God's will as opposed to pursuing their own pleasure. But what makes biblical morality different from worldly hedonism is not that biblical morality is disinterested or duty-driven, but it's interested in a vastly greater and purer things. Christian hedonism is biblical morality because it recognizes that obeying God is the only route to the final and lasting happiness. And he gives a bunch of examples from the scripture. And God says, you can seek pleasure, but seek it in me, in the things that I give you. That's, those are the only things that are going to satisfy you. We've all overeaten, right? And we think, man, not if I have one piece of uh, uh, cheesecake, you know, at dinner with everybody out. But as soon as the family leaves, you know, and everybody's gone, and the wife's upstairs, you look and say, oh... There's still three pieces of cheesecake, right? And so you take one, you know, and you're feeling pretty good, and you're hoping that that maybe dinner later on no one's going to take it, and then they go to bed, and you go, oh, man, there's more cheesecake. And then after you get it, you get it, you go, what did I do, you know? You just thought, it was fine to have a piece of cheesecake. But but we sought to be filled there, and, and God doesn't make those things. But he does give us things that will fill us. And, uh, and will, really will make us happy. Philippians 3.8, the Apostle Paul um, goes through that. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. 
For his sake I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I might gain Christ. And, um, you know, we we find out if you read the, the scriptures that Paul was glad when someone brought him his coat when he was in prison. He said, thank you. And someone brought him his books and his parchments and manuscripts. He said, thanks, boy, I really like reading them. It's a great thing to do in prison when I, you know... And his friends came, and he got to hug them and talk to them, you know? He he didn't say, that was horrible. But he says, I can lose any of them because of the greater privilege of knowing my God and put it in perspective. And so, uh, beloved, I would encourage you as we go through this class on gospel living to go back to... Colossians 1 and 23 where we started and maybe memorize that verse. Continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel. The hope of the gospel is our relationship with God the Father through the Lord Jesus Christ. It's restored. That's that's the thing that will be eternal. That is the thing uh, that we have. We have the Father. Um, Any other comments? Today, I'm just thinking about all the hope of the gospel and being driven by it and finding the joy there and the struggle with it or the joy of it. Or... Sure. Yeah, the hope is, and and we normally talk about the hope being not hell, but heaven. Yep, that's one of them, right? Not pain and sickness, but healing, right? And we tend to talk about all those things because those are little carrots we want to <laughs> we want to put in front of people, right? And those are good things; they are blessings. But the hope of heaven is that our relationship with God that's broken because of sin is restored and we have Him. Um, that's the ultimate hope of the gospel. And, uh, and, and we need to talk about that as being indeed what people need most. They need restored with God. The relationship is broken. They're under His judgment. And uh, they can have one who is for them in all things, even in the difficult things of this life. Thank you, Jerry. Anything else? Anybody? Let me just ask you, are you driven? Does this drive you? Are you, do you wake up in the morning driven by this? I've been seeking to be, you know? And, and, and the gospel, this is just a different thing. Because of the gospel and being driven by this, when I wake up in the morning, I've woken up for years in my Christian life. The gospel was something I got in the very beginning. Right? And that's back there. Yeah, I was restored with Christ. But now I have to live today. 